Welcome to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark, a storytelling podcast for when the world feels miserable and obscure. You can also literally listen to these stories in the dark because there's no visuals. No, that wasn't a laugh track. That was just everyone around me erupting in laughter at my hilarious joke. Just kidding. I am very alone in my bedroom, like most of us probably are right now. One way that I have been dealing with all of the uncertainty that I'm feeling right now is by finding humor in the absurdity of life. So I've been recording people telling me their funniest stories, like the stories that people beg them to tell again and again at parties, back when we could all go to parties. This first story is from my friend Will Schroeder, and it's about all of the confidence and success that comes from being socially ostracized in high school. We all remember that, right? Right? And by the way, the first few sentences of the story sound a little funny, but it gets better very soon, I promise. We just had to figure out our remote recording situation. Anyway, here's Will. So there I was in the prime of my youth, uh, 14 years old, full of vim and vinegar. Well, I was a freshman in high school. This was in Orono, which is a suburb that's like 20 to 30 minutes out west of Minneapolis. Orono is a very small, almost entirely white town. So like a lot of Midwestern suburbs, you know, it's the kind of place where it's like right in between a lot of farm land and a lot of hoity-toity McMansions. Ew. When you went to school, there are like types of kids. Like maybe you had a cape kid that always wore a cape to school, or maybe you had a kid at your school that ran everywhere for no reason, and, and that was me. I would hold my backpack in my arms in front of me like I was cradling a baby koala or something. I would just like hold it to me and hug it while I ran from class to class. I was, I basically had the mentality of like a prey species, like everything was threatening. And so I wanted to like hold on to something for security and also get away from people because I was afraid of being socially judged. So my way of avoiding that was to make an enormous uh, conspicuous spectacle of myself by running everywhere. And that led to me trying out cross country because I was like, all this, all this extra needless energy has to go somewhere. All this frantic, frenetic, anxiety-driven running could be put to good use. So I signed up for cross country, which is the first sport that I had ever really done. The first and the last sport that I would ever do. You know, actually, I'm going to describe some of the people that I was doing cross country with. One of them was Luke Sperduto, and he was like the cross country captain. He was like the cool guy. He had one joke that he would make all the time. You know, like the classic, why couldn't the pirate see the movie? Because it was, it was rated R. Yeah, good one. Good one, Luke. But he would do that with everything. He would be like, what are roads paved with? The tar. Or uh, what's a, a Spanish pirate's favorite verb to conjugate? And it would be like, estar. You know, because a, a lot of Spanish verbs end in AR. He had one joke and he did it really well. Yar.
there was this other guy, Rob Merkinich, I think was his name. And he took cross country so seriously that he would like throw up before we started running. He would like get these anxiety vomits. And so my introduction to, to cross country was that it was something that was worth throwing up about before you even started. Ew. There was this caricature of a cross country coach. Uh, we all call him Speedy. To this day, I don't know his real name. He worked at a place called Gear West, and he was a person that sold and repaired bikes and bike parts. So his whole life, as far as I knew him, was all about moderately quick movement over long distances. I think we called him Speedy, ironically, because he wasn't that fast, because cross-country is a battle of attrition. It's not about speed so much as it is about lasting a long time. At the time, I was a theater kid. I'm still kind of a theater kid. Uh, I'm a theater adult man now. So I was spending most of my time in The Wizard of Oz. That was our freshman play. I was, I was Uncle Henry in The Wizard of Oz. It's a twister! It's a twister! So I missed all the cross-country rehearsals, and that meant that I was not prepared for the big cross-country presentation. So uh, opening night of cross-country, I was asked to do my first 5K, which is like three miles, which is more than I had ever run because I had missed all these, all these cross-country rehearsals. Contributing to my, here's a spoiler alert, poor performance uh, was the fact that I had a pretty gnarly cold at the time. So like I was this skinny, ghostly, pale, enfeebled boy they fired the cross-country horn, and uh, there I went. I was very, very, very quickly falling behind because I was scrawny and enfeebled. I quickly started mu mu mucosizing and expectorating, so I would have to, like, grab leaves off of trees as I was running past them to blow my nose into them. Um, and, like, there was just all this, like, gunk falling onto my shirt and, like, coagulating because of the cool air... I started to notice at around the midway point of the race, which I, I don't know how long it took. It felt like forever. But I started noticing that some of the people that were passing me very quickly were, were passing me again. And then almost everybody seemed to be passing me again. And it turns out that I had been lapped by the entire cross-country race. At one point, a suburban mom shouted at me like, Get off the course! The people are trying to compete! She wasn't from Brooklyn, because I live in the suburban Midwest, but that's how I remember it. My cross-country captain, like, kind of sidled up next to me and was, like, jogging alongside me, because I was the only person there. Because, like, everybody on my team had already finished the race, and they were, like, waiting on the bus for me. And he was just kind of like, you know, you can, you can just quit if you want, which was a little demoralizing. I didn't quit. I did finish the race. My time was, was really bad. But that was the year that I lettered in cross-country because everyone lettered in cross-country. And that same coach, he was introducing all of us as he brought us up to the stage to give us our letter jackets or whatever. He was like, yeah, Will, uh, Will showed up kind of late. And, uh, you know, he was frequently falling behind. And uh, over the course of the year, he kept on showing up and showing up and... Uh, Sometimes it takes a long time to improve, but uh, we got him a jacket. So thanks, coach. You would think that all of the running that I was doing, including like holding a heavy thing while I was doing it, would have had me better prepared for cross country. But but there are a lot of things that I've thought that have been wrong.
about this story or about the way that you describe yourself makes me think that you wouldn't just quit right then and there. Why didn't you? With some exceptions in my life, um, any time that I've gotten anything done has not been because I've been good at it. It's been because I've continued to do it. So I am a big proponent of pursuing failure. You know, life is kind of like just a battle of attrition. You find out who you are when you're doing badly. Thank you, Will. Thanks, Julie Sensulo, recorder of this podcast. I am also a big believer in pursuing failure, which you might say is what the entire practice of putting this podcast together has been for me. Ah, no, didn't mean to put the laugh track there. But continuing to share these stories is one of the few ways that I'm going to keep at the tedious, possibly Sisyphean task of staying hopeful right now. If that helps you too, then please keep listening. And if you would like to tell me a funny story, then get in touch. I'm not going to share my contact info here, but you can probably find it in the show notes of this episode or in whatever social media posts you saw this in. As Will said, life is a battle of attrition, so we might as well laugh together through it. Until next time, thanks for listening.